My name is Jeremy Devins, and welcome back to the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3, all about the second house of Vedic Astrology. So when you're looking at your birth chart, you see the first diamond on the top of the chart, and then to the left is a triangle, and this is the second house, so it goes counterclockwise. What is the second house all about? Well, we'll talk about it in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by the free guide to the houses. So you can follow along and take notes with this if you want, or you can just listen as well. You can come back later and take notes. But that's at quietmind.yoga slash houses. I also want to say thank you to Sharon Watts. I know you're listening and you're a supporter of this podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, Sharon actually did my Yoga 101 series like maybe five or six years ago. So it's really cool to stay in touch over the years. And if you want to be a supporter, you can do that by clicking the link in the show notes to support the podcast for as little as 99 cents a month. All right, so what is the second house all about? Why should you care? Well, it's everything to do with what you come into this life with. So the first house is your identity, your appearance. And as I mentioned before, all those things in the last episode, what you're sort of born with and who you are. Now, the second house tells you what you come into this life with, like what you get. So your family, your immediate family, uh, the wealth that you're born with. And this also influences how you handle wealth going forward in life. It's called the Dana Bhava in Sanskrit. Dana means wealth. And bhava means house. So all the houses are bhavas. The second house is the dana bhava. So this helps us understand everything to do with our family, which is a loaded area of our lives and early childhood in particular. So if you have like some malefic planets there, like Saturn or Rahu or Mars or K2, that's going to indicate you may have had a rough childhood. And it can also indicate that your voice was not fully expressed because the second house represents your face and like the lower part of your face in particular. So the mouth, the neck, the, what comes in and out of the mouth, as I mentioned in the last episode, our speech, our communication, uh, how we express ourselves through our voice. So if you have one of those malefics there, maybe in childhood, you were silenced in your voice and told to be quiet and that had your voice sort of shut down so it's become hard to express yourself so that's something you have to learn uh, it's a karma you're working through in this lifetime if you had benefic planets like jupiter there like more positive uh, positive expression happening in your second house then maybe you had a very good home life maybe you had uh, parents who really encouraged you to use your voice and Think of somebody like Christina Aguilera, who as a very young child was very much encouraged to use her voice and became a singer and had that sort of channel open to express her voice and the support of her family to do it. That's an example of a benefic planet in the second house. So you might have a lot of positive wealth assets from the family growing up, like inheritance or just having good financial foundation, like maybe your parents paid for you to go to college later, they saved up money for you in early childhood. But if you had the malefics there, you might not have had any of that. Maybe 
no finances, no, no inheritance, nothing from the family, no gains from the family, no wealth from the family. And there's some other area of your chart you might look at to find where you would find those, that wealth. For example, if you had uh, like Saturn here, Saturn is all about slow, patience, discipline, long time, a long time for things to happen. So rewards over a long period of time. So somebody who has Saturn here in the second house would be very likely to want to invest in buy and hold kind of stocks or assets that you buy and hold and you don't cash out for a very long time if ever. You just build up that wealth. So that Saturn, that slow aspect on the assets, this house of the wealth and assets could bring wealth and prosperity over a long period of time through investments. This also represents what you put in and out of your mouth, like your, what you eat. For example, if you had K2 here in the second house, K2 is strange and unusual and different and sort of detached from society. So you might have an unusual diet. This could apply to Rahu as well, because Rahu is also foreign things. It's a little un unusual and uh, you might have an unusual diet. You might like foreign foods a lot if you have Rahu here in the second house. Or if you have, again, K2 there, you might have a very sort of unusual voice. And my people might comment on your voice. So if something stands out about somebody's voice, you want to look at what's happening in the second house that's going to give you an indication. So this is also representing how you present your face. So like if you wear glasses or makeup or any sort of accoutrement on your face. Uh, I think of the Mitch Hedberg joke where he... He talks about the guy with a lot of cranial accessories. If you don't know the joke, I'm not going to try to explain it now, but it's a good one if you're looking for uh, something to laugh at this weekend. You can look up Mitch Hedberg videos. Uh, so this is the second house represents that, what you put on your face, uh, your cranial accessories. So again, again, if you had Saturn here, Saturn is about old things. You might really like vintage glasses things like that. If you had Venus here, you might like to do really nice makeup and really just glam up and look beautiful and gorgeous, which is Venus is all about beauty. Second house is also about your possessions. So if you had Rahu here, for example, Rahu is obsession. You might get obsessive and controlling about your possessions and feel like you have to have them and you have to uh, have more and you can't let them go. Or to the other extreme would be K2 there. K2 is always opposite of Rahu. You might be detached from possessions and just be like, I don't need it. Just, you know, give it away. Not worried about possessions, more interested in uh, spirituality. So that is just what you have. You can see a lot of that from the second house as well. If you have any savings or not, again, this is going to be second house. Your younger siblings is represented here in the second house. So this is... Uh, something that you come into this life and you don't really have control over your siblings. That's just sort of a given that you have siblings or not. And the second house will indicate that. So if you had uh, Mercury here in the second house, that would indicate like in your childhood, you were very communicative. And maybe you, if you have uh, younger siblings, they were very talkative. And especially if you had say Venus there or Jupiter there, there might be a lot of uh, like if it's Venus, you might have a lot of connection and intimacy with your younger siblings where you really get to know each other and you feel like a, a real connection there through communication. Or if it's Jupiter, like maybe you're a teacher to your younger siblings. This also indicates your ability to earn in this lifetime. So 
if you had say Mars here, you're probably going to be very ambitious and driven to work hard and earn your income. As opposed to like K2 here, you're going to be maybe sort of detached from that. Or if you had say like a debilitated planet here, you might feel like more detached from earning. So if you feel like one way or another, if you want to understand your earning and your uh, interest in earning income and how you'll earn your income, the second house is a good place to see that. It's also uh, a good way to see like your ability to budget. And that's where, you know, if you, if you have any issues with finances now, this is where it helps to understand your Navamsha, which I'll get into in the future. And I'm kind of jumping ahead, but this helps to understand that things do change over time. So you may have a birth chart and maybe you had a rough childhood and challenges with finances and it feels a little bleak. That can happen. You know, it's part of life. If you look at your Navamsha, though, that shows your spiritual and personal growth through life. So you might have one childhood, but a very different future. And it's really helpful to know what pieces need more attention to get those positive results of your birth chart, but also your Navamsha, which indicates really life after 35 and your sort of personal growth, which could be longer than that. But it's basically showing that your birth chart is you have all this karma to unravel in your lifetime and you're slowly unraveling that karma and playing it out. And then it's resolved and done. And you've probably experienced this where you're working through issues in life and maybe you keep repeating an issue that keeps coming up. Like maybe there's a certain conflict you keep having. I've, I've, I mean, I think we've all experienced this. I've definitely experienced this where there's sort of repetitive patterns that keep showing up until they're fully addressed. Like maybe there's a difficult conversation to have. Or for me, once I had a recurring dream, it was very strange. It's a dream about going over in a car, like going over a cliff of some sort. And almost every time, the car would just drive off the cliff and drop into the ocean, and then that would be the end of the dream. So I did some dream work on that and understanding it, and uh, working with that. What was you know what was the sort of symbolism of that? And long story short, basically after working through that process for a long time, it was a couple of years, it really took me to work through it. I had a dream where I was no longer in the passenger seat going off the cliff in this car, but I was now in the driver's seat, and I made it over the chasm to the other side. Uh, and I personally had some huge personal growth in that. I made my first album as a musician. Uh, a lot of personal growth happened in that time. And then I never had that dream again. And the issue was resolved. That karma was resolved and hasn't come up again. I haven't had that dream or anything like it since. So in that same way, you might have your own personal issues or something that's repetitively happening. And it could be to do with your family because this is a really common area where things can get stuck. Your finances, another really challenging area. And this is all like early childhood stuff. This is early developmental stuff. So it can really be deeply ingrained in us and leave major impressions in our psyche. So again, if you're working with this stuff, it's very important that you, you do have some support. You go into it. Maybe you're working with a therapist or a life coach or uh, I've worked with the yoga teachers, you know, whatever. I've worked with astrologers and coaches. So whatever works for you, you want to actually work into these issues and these karmas, especially this early childhood stuff to get through it, to get to the other side. And that's where the Navamsha, like your 
spiritual growth, you can really start to see those transitions. And some people might actually have the same, very similar charts, the birth chart to their spiritual progression chart. And maybe it's all about their whole lifetime they're working through these things, or maybe it's just a slower process, or maybe it's not as intense or deep for them. Other people, it could be a little more intense, it could be a little more focused on transformation in this lifetime. And it could be a completely 180 from who you are in early childhood in your, your birth chart to who you are in your uh, demamsha and your later in life. But again, I'll cover that in the future. I just wanted to bring it up a little bit here because we're talking about early childhood and this is really some deep stuff for a lot of people. So this also shows you where your bad habits and vices might be because this is all that early childhood developmental stuff. So you want to make sure that you're working through this stuff. When stuff comes up, like repetitively especially, that's the goal. That's the stuff you really want to look at. I hope this is helpful for understanding the second house. And if you have any questions, you can email me at jeremydevins at gmail.com. You can schedule a reading there if you want to know more about your second house and your own childhood, your finances, and your ability to earn and how this all might show up for you. And I'm really grateful for you listening. Again, you can go to quietmind.yoga slash houses to get the guide to the houses and this little uh, sheet that you can fill out to take notes and reference and memorize this stuff, right? So for me, I'm always learning something new every day with Vedic astrology. It's massive and I don't feel like there's any end in sight for me to learn from this stuff. Uh, so if you're like me and you like to learn this stuff, you can go to quietmind.yoga slash houses, get that free guide. And if you want to support this podcast, you can click the link in the show notes to pay as little as 99 cents a month to get these free astrology teachings. All right. So thank you for listening and have a great week. Next week, we'll be talking all about the third house, which is really all about your courage, your willpower, your determination, and your ability to uh, communicate through your hands, through your words, through business. So this is very important to understand uh, for your ability to communicate and work in business and your ability to get things done and stick with things and, and have willpower and maybe what blocks your willpower. So we'll talk about that on the next episode, all about the third house in Vedic astrology.